Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number 41. Today, we're going to be talking with Jenna Lynn Eaton. So if this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to the Trail Manners Podcast. We are up to episode 41. Yep. Park City Running Company. Yes, we are still here. We're make, getting our money's worth. Yeah. We haven't started paying rent yet, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when we stop, right when we get the invoice. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to jump onto a show. We had uh, Jenna Lynn on on episode number four. One of the first people. That's right. One of the first people we had on the show. And we've tried to connect with her a few times because she's been doing some sweet awesome things but the schedules never lined up so we pinned her down today she loves being on the show complete Uh comfort level was way up Um, so we appreciate you taking the time and getting on and and jumping out of your comfort zone for a minute so of course we're gonna jump right into it okay okay so since the last time we've talked yeah there's been a couple couple things couple couple cool things couple big things let's start off on calendar wise okay okay because that's farther back barkley right huge push for barkley when it was going on, lots. I mean, the, the ship movie came out, showing up here in Park up. City, blowing up. Yeah. yeah. You were there. Jared was there. Um, you got to take us through a little bit of that. You talked, we did preparation before, but you've done it now, right? Yeah. So, so where are we at? What, have, what do you think about that whole process? Of the, the training or the race itself or all of it? I mean, that's a pretty open ended question there. Let's, let's go with the, I think a lot of people want to know about the race itself yeah, and more we'll, than anything else. Then we'll circle back around. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell us about the race from leaving this beautiful neighborhood. And going out to Nashville, Tennessee that's first. Right. That's Spend right. a night there and <laughs> went around to a bunch of bars and listened to live music. And uh, I figured if I was going to go to Tennessee, I wanted to have a bit of a road trip out of it. Make the experience. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So that was, that was a lot of fun. I tried to go to who, the Waffle House because oh, that's yeah. like a big thing out it there. Is. You got to um, get really hung over, though, to go to the Waffle House. <laughs> that's what I hear. <laughs> Unfortunately, we didn't, and um, Chelsea and I went in. DJ refused to go in. Yeah. Uh, and while we were there, they broke a couple light bulbs. Oh, my and gosh. Like, <laughs> people were yelling, and it was really gross. <laughs> and we decided we weren't actually going to eat there, and we left. Yeah. So I'm the, really the disappointed. Food is I not have like, to go back. The food's not really good. <laughs> I mean, when you're when you're just like raging drunk, it's good, right? But on a normal day, you would not go there. <laughs> but, I, a, but I need to for the experience. Yeah. And you kind of did a little kind bit, of. right? <laughs> Broken light bulbs, people yelling, yeah. stuff spilled everywhere. That's I mean, I guess normal. That's, <laughs> that's a normal Monday night for the Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> Two in the afternoon. Yeah. Same difference. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, went out there. Um, 
we got out there a little bit earlier and it was nice. Um, basically how the camping set up is everyone shows up and um, the sites have been reserved by quite a few different people. So you okay. find somebody who looks friendly and you try to share a site with them and right. then everybody basically puts money in a jar after okay. um, to help cover the sites. Right. Um, so we were camping actually with Billy Simpson, yeah. a rock nice. legend. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a lot of fun. But also my site was kind of in the corner. Uh, strategically placed away from everybody Weird. else yeah. where it couldn't yeah. <laughs> be seen. <laughs> so, yeah, a couple of friends, as soon as they came up, they're like, oh, you found quite the hiding spot. Yeah, didn't yeah. Stay away from like, the Yeah, hubbub. we had a big yep. camper van that okay. Billy was staying in that hit our tent. It right. Was, it was perfect. So, uh, went and got up, went up a run. Um, the the interesting thing about the topography there and the maps versus ours is we're used to seeing a ridge and small ridges and sub peaks and thinking, okay, that looks like a third of a mile, you right. know, and in there that's maybe like a tenth of a mile, if that or less. Um, so what topographically is labeled as a ridge on a map out there is barely noticeable. Right. Um, and I was told to kind of shrink my perspective. They said a lot of people who have experience in mountain terrain tend to overestimate the distance. So you um, overshoot on that. The maps there. Yeah. And so I went out um, a couple of days before and kind of tried to get my bearings and look around and get that perspective. And it, I mean, I was doing the exact same thing. Like I'd count the ridges and I'd think that they'd be so far apart and I'd be through them in 20 seconds. And I'm like, okay, I've got to change my perspective here <laughs> right. on what's a ridge and what's a goalie and what's right. you know, a hill. So. Now, was, now, was this your first time to the course? Yes. Okay, so before we go farther, what was your initial impression? Was it everything that you thought it would be? Was it more <laughs> scary? Was it less scary? What was your initial impression of it? I tend to be a little sassy, <laughs> and I was really frustrated with the, um, I don't know, Laz's Labyrinth of Riddles, as I called it, uh, but as far as the course, um, when we finished that first loop, and I turned in my bib number and pages to get my next number, um, I told Laz I was disappointed. I expected more briars and more vert. Uh-oh. <laughs> And he kind of scowled at me, and I was told I should never say such <laughs> things and not encourage the man. But I really had anticipated more briars and vert. Um, but I kind of like to overestimate things so that way I can train appropriately. And be so. prepared for it and everything else. Yeah. So how did the, the whole race unfold? And, you know, because a lot of us that have never been there, we just see the movie or hear the stories or read blog mm -hmm. posts or hear, listen to podcasts. The whole, is it, is it what it looks like in a film? It is, um, but the community aspect is far bigger, I think, than could be anticipated. The, the beautiful thing about Barkley is it forces you to pay respect to, to those who've been there before. Okay. You cannot do the course without prior knowledge, assistance, help from vets, etc. I mean, Brett Mwaney is going to be the finisher who's closest to finishing um, alone, but even then, he was emailing Frozen Ed for nine months before the race. Wow. Um, daily emails, questions, etc. And he details a lot of that in his race reports. Um, you have to rely on those who've been there before. And it's kind of, it's nice. I mean, a lot of 
races are still like that. Hard Rock still has that community mm -hmm. where there's a lot of respect for those who've been there for 10 years, who volunteer, whether or not they were race winners, there's respect. And um, a lot of that's being lost, especially as younger and younger kids are coming out, winning races, running fast. Right. They don't have to, you don't have to pay respect to those who've done the race 20 times. You can just show up, run Wasatch, win it, and go home. And the cool thing about Barkley is you can't do that. You have to talk to the people who've been there, or you're not going to have the best shot at doing it. Right. And so um, when you get there, I, I was studying maps and et cetera with those who've been there before. Um, when Jared came, he, I, it was really, really sweet of him, and I can't say thanks enough. Um, he sat down, and probably an hour, hour and a half, he went over the entire map with me, every inch of it, and wow. said, you know, this is here, this is here, count your paces here, et cetera. And um, as, as we're going over the map, he's got like three different media crews asking to talk to him. And he's right. like, just a minute, just a minute. And he just sat there and took me through the whole co course on the map. Wow. Um, and, and the funny part is, you know, my crew's there and a couple others are there kind of overhearing the conversation and, and trying to glean any wisdom because his bearings were fantastic. Right. Um, better than any bearings I could have gotten myself. And, uh, but he kept saying over and over, you really want to have someone with you right here. You really want to have <laughs> someone with you right here. You don't want to be alone over here. Right. And, you know, after about 45 minutes of this, I think it was Ty Durain, he says, so basically you're just saying we should never be alone <laughs> for the first few laps. Right. And Jared's like, yes. Basically. Exactly. <laughs> Try to be with somebody. And that's, um, that reliance is, is critical. Um, I knew that as we started, I had to find a vet to latch on to. Right. And, I mean, Jared and Gary took off. Yeah. Um, along with John, I don't remember his last name, not John Fergie, but the other John. Um, and, and they were gone, mm -hmm. obviously. And so it was kind of that matter of trying to find somebody to pair up with. And um, the limiting thing about being a virgin at the race is you need a vet. Yeah. Right. And when I go back, I will be my own vet with you know, a little scattering of virgins, I'm sure, who want to follow along. Right. So I can just team up. Um, yeah. But I didn't have quite the same options going there as a virgin. I had to find somebody who knew the course because, you know, some of our directions are like, well, the book is 300 feet from where it used to be. <laughs> You're like, well, <laughs> that's helpful. That's neat. Or, um, you know, like we have the map, and, and there's certain spots where, you know, these switchbacks are highlighted, and, and our directions even say, like, you know, go this way and then head north until you hit the switchbacks and take those to this point and then head off again this direction. Well, you know, you talk to a vet and you find out those switchbacks have been gone for three years. <laughs> They've been removed. <laughs> They're gone. Yeah. So if you were to follow the map in your directions, you'd basically head north right out of the park. And, right. you know, maybe a couple hours later, start wondering where you are. So you have to have that reliance on those. And it's really cool because it creates that really close community. Um, and I, Hard Rock has that really close community, I think, because of... Uh, the limited entrance. So do you think? So do you think? Because I mean, a lot of people look at it from maybe from the outside and say, you know, maybe Barclays is definitely different by the name, but it's a race, Hard Rock 100 Trail Race, you know, whatever it is. But when you're saying you're relying on a veteran, are the veterans just really good about opening up? You know, instead of like, well, I'm not going to tell you. I mean, are they really good about giving you whatever advice or help you need? At being first year. I think it depends. Um, yeah, Barkley 
being called a race is a very loose <laughs> term, the word race. But uh, the people were very helpful um, going over, especially pre. Um, but then there's the vets who, may, you know, aren't at Jared and Gary's pace. Right. Um, who have seven virgins wanting to follow them around right. and they they're there to do business i mean yeah. they trained hard too yeah. and they're not there to take care of anybody who wants to follow them around right and so if you want to stick with them you're going to have to do your share work right and um and that w- much was clear when i was starting to follow vets and i'd say hey what bearing are you taking you know like i have jared's bearing and you're heading slightly off of it I'm trying to make a decision here what i want to do do i want to follow them do i want to follow my bearing and and they just often wouldn't even say anything. They just run off. And I'm like, well, got to make a decision. Follow my bearing. So, I mean, um, especially that first loop. They say that, you know, uh, vets kind of want to drop virgins that first loop until you kind of prove that you're a useful being in the situation. And then people are a lot more willing to team up. Now, did you team up with, like, one person in in particular? Or was there more than one? Or how did that work for you? Yeah, I teamed up with a girl named Heather Anderson. This was her third year there. Um, Her trail name's Inish. She's got quite a long list of accomplishments. And... um, I mean, I was in the group that was cheering for her first year there, thinking that she might be the one to actually finish it. Um, and she's fantastic navigationally. Um, there's a bit of a pace difference. And, uh, but she was so excellent at route finding. Right. And so that first loop, um, I kind of almost felt like she didn't want me following her, but I wasn't sure. But at the same token, I'm like, well, she can't drop me. So right. <laughs> at that point, um, any other vets were so far ahead of me, I had no hope of catching them. Right. And I kept going off by myself um, or with another virgin or two um, for the first four books. And maybe it was by book four that I was like, this is pointless. Like right. I can, I can go ahead and I can get to the top of this hill and I can spend 45 minutes trying to find a book right? or I can slow down and find it the exact same time as them because I'm finding every book the same time right? Yeah. and <laughs> basically just wasting time and energy and miles wandering around looking right. for a book that these people can just navigate right to because they've been here. Right. Gotcha. So it seemed rather pointless. And so it was around book four or so that I was like, you know, this isn't the race or course that I thought it would be. And I either can throw a fit about it or I can just accept it and move on and do what I came here to do. So um, I kind of had to get over it. And then loop two, Heather and I made quite more of a team and through the night um, worked together as a team really well. She's great with her compass and... um, there's a few times, like, I do a lot of tracking, I think, just out of sheer boredom and running alone in the Wasatch footprints. And and so every now and then uh, we'd be in the general area of the book, and she'd be like, do that thing again where you're looking <laughs> at the ground. Because, <laughs> like, there's, like, six inches of deadfall. Right. And so you, there's not footprints. But I could f- identify crunched leaves and... <laughs> Um, try this to is find like a super skill as you have, right? <laughs> try to identify, <laughs> you know, pretend I'm a hunting dog and use <laughs> tracking and figure out where the book was in the middle of the night when you can't use visual clues. That's so pretty neat. That is pretty neat. <laughs> it proved useful a couple times. Made me feel better about. So you <laughs> proved, you proved yourself that way. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't your fitness. <laughs> so, but no, she was great, and I couldn't have done any of what I did without her. I mean, 
Now to super the, useful. To this day, there still not has not been a woman finisher, right? Right. So you've already mentioned it a little bit. You said next time. Next so obviously, it's you, still you're, it's, you're still planning on this, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So this the first year, let people know you finished how many loops? Two and a half. And then three. So technically two. But technically, yeah. okay, two and a half. I'll take two and a half, really, though. Yeah. That's still two and a half. But for people that don't know, it's a five loop course that you need to complete, and it's rarely been done, and obviously hasn't been done by a woman yet. How will you train differently for the next time? I won't. You won't train differently. I physically was fine. Okay. Um, I wasn't sore after. Uh, my recovery is really short. Uh, all of that speaks to the training. Okay. Um, I was, like I said, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't more vert. I had anticipated and trained for more. So physically, I was fine the entire time. Okay. Um, and when I left Heather halfway through loop two, so one and a half loops in, um, I ran for six hours and I was wow. running up hills equivalent to you know 12 to 1800 feet of vert gain per mile um and i was able to run and i had to run or i wasn't going to make the cutoff um, but i was able to run for six hours straight on that kind of terrain and figured that my fitness level was where it needed to be um i just needed to run more earlier to be right. able to have continued so what we what we have to do differently then i mean y- your fitness is there but what do you think tool wise you would need to do differently in order to I need to I need to team up with someone my pace and right I need away. to run harder those first couple loops. So okay. you didn't have a problem with navigation once you kind of yeah. Got the so feel I need to it. team up with someone who's also good at navigation. <laughs> okay. My yeah, my navigation was okay. Uh, it's really confusing. So some of the spots, you know, you're supposed to hit one knoll and there's four knolls that kind of make a semicircle. Right. And and you hear a lot about Stallion Mountain. I got lost at Stallion Mountain. I read, I printed off maybe 30 race reports and read them on the flight out there. And so, I, and I kept hearing Stallion Mountain, Stallion Mountain. Got lost at Stallion Mountain. I nailed Stallion Mountain. And everyone was so happy for me. You know, all this stuff. And so I show up and I'm going over maps with a guy named Brad. who was super helpful. And I was like, hey, Brad, what is it about Stallion Mountain? Like, why is this a thing? Because, you know, on the map, it seems fairly intuitive. Yeah. Uh, the thing you don't know about Stallion Mountain is there's a dozen or so dirt roads that stop and end at no point <laughs> around it, and you have to navigate through them. And these dirt roads and Stallion Mountain itself, which is a knoll amidst like a semicircle of knolls, and they're all surrounded by 14 dirt roads that stop and end nowhere. So um, you can imagine how confusing it is. You don't know if you've hit the right knoll. You don't know if you know, the five dirt roads around you, which one's which, and which one you turn off when, and then you have to schwack between a few of them and turn left at this one and right at that one and 200 paces past this one, and it's a mess. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that's what Stallion Mountain is. <laughs> Ironically, it's a mess of dirt roads that is so confusing because like they just nowhere. start and end. <laughs> yeah, and I think we, we nailed Stallion Mountain the first time. The second time... It was in the dark, and we went off the wrong side of it. Mm. And I see the dirt road below, and I'm like, oh, no, Heather, we nailed it. And she's like, no, we're on the exact opposite side of where we should be. I'm like, no. And she's like, no, you're just confused (laughs) because of the dark. (laughs) She's like, trust me. And we get over, and I was so sure that it was that way. And we were on the complete opposite side of the hill we were supposed to be on. So you you going to do any compass work then leading up to it? Yeah, I'll do compass work. I did... um, 
I did quite a bit of navigation and orienteering stuff. And Canis here actually right. sat down with me and applied the navigation I use in the mountains um, and line of sight navigation right. and applied it to um, using the compass. Okay. And that was really, really helpful. And I felt really good about the navigation because when I left Heather at one and a half loops in, um, I proceeded to navigate 13 books by myself. Yeah. Um, the following. And I think that's the this year anyways, was the most books navigated by a virgin alone. Wow. And so um, I felt really, really good. There's a bunch of tricky spots I just nailed completely on my own. Um, so I felt I felt really good about that. I honestly, that was like my biggest accomplishment there was navigating that much alone. That's awesome. So yeah. you felt pretty good about it overall, though. I oh, mean, yeah. you, you didn't say you didn't get do what you wanted to do, but what you did. And now you got that experience. You you walked away from going, OK, that was that was perfect that's yeah. what i needed what's funny is i mean you look at people's taps the videos or photos of their taps being played uh-huh. and um any of mine if you pull them up i'm just beaming like i'm right. so proud of myself yeah you like, should be <laughs> yeah for sure. Uh, i was so psyched um it wasn't obviously what i went there to do but i was really proud of what i did yeah and i don't think you can anticipate what's out there until you're there and it, i mean you're watching like team france all of team france um fall apart they're there with their coaches you know and and they're they do one loop and their coaches are yelling at them to get out again and they're like no it's too hard (laughs) and um there's a a guy named (laughs) (laughs) there's a guy named mick and i mean what really made my day was i'm coming up on loop two and i'm just pushing because i know that if i'm going to finish loop two on time to make it count as an official finish and start loop three right it's going to be within minutes right and i needed shoes i needed a headlamp i needed food like right. i needed a couple minutes but i was bound and determined to make it and i'm running up the the last hill called um the bad thing and and i see mick up ahead and he's you know, laying on his trek of poles and taking a few steps and laying on his poles. And I get up there, I'm like, Mig, run it in. You have time. You have right. an hour and a half. You can bring it in in time. And he's like, no. He's like, I look awful. You look good. You can make it on time. I can't. And I'm like, Mig, you will forever regret not running it in Right. if you don't. I'm like, you can be a two-loop finisher. If you don't run it in, you're going to be a one-loop finisher. Right. And you'll have done this entire loop for nothing. Yep. Because um, we had just gotten to the last book. And he's like, no, no, I can't. I'm too tired. I'm too tired. And so I run it in, and I had, I think, 10 minutes on the clock. And so that was a cool experience. I mean, there's a guy named Terry who's now a good friend, and he's running up the road um, as I'm there getting changed with, like, a lit stove and boiling water on it to make me mashed potatoes. (laughs) He's running carrying that with water boiling on it. And uh, (laughs) Jared's wife, Mindy, sitting there spoon-feeding while I'm changing my skirt, and (laughs) other people are packing my bag. Like, it was a NASCAR pit stop. Um, And I'm sitting there getting ready to go out, and with, like, a minute or so on the clock, Mig runs up. Oh, wow. And he made oh, it. That's awesome. So he was the only member of Team France, France. as they called themselves. Right. I think there's four or five of them from France. He was the only one of them to finish two loops in time. Oh, that's and awesome. And it was, it was really, really exciting to see him run up the road in time. So, uh, and he was really grateful, too. Oh, like, that's that awesome. was really, really exciting. Well, I think it's part of that community you're talking about, right? Yeah. Helping yeah. people out. He probably is pretty happy that Team I'm France, sure he he's, he's got the two, two, two loops two in. Loops. Two loops. He it's a long flight loops. home that he can have uh, over his buddies. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you buy me the drink. I got two loops. I got two loops, man. <laughs> yeah, so that was great. 
It was exciting to see him come in. It was a big boost for me, for sure. And so, what? go ahead. No. All right, so you have that wonderful experience, right? Yeah. Everybody's following you on, on social media, and we're seeing how happy you are. And you say that you get done with it. You're not really sore because your training was on point. You get back to the Wasatch. Then what is the next thing for you at that point? What, what's I mean, are you just kind of like on that runner's high? You're like, heck yeah, I'm ready to go for the next thing? Or was it kind of like a little bit of a letdown? I, no, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do next. And I wanted to think about it. I wanted to have some time. I mean, the training cycle for Barkley was fairly brutal. And right. I usually do my off-season during that time period. From like late November to mid-February maybe, I just back off and I rock climb a lot and mm-hmm. weight lift um, and so to train so heavily through that and then with Rufa that being awful I just wanted to do not awful things right <laughs> and have some fun so what'd you do so I I initially thought maybe I wanted to actually race Bryce 100 right because um, I've done Bryce and I've done it not racing it right um, and I thought about wanting to run it two three hours faster right and actually put in an effort um and so less than two weeks after barkley i did a a flat 22 miler on the <laughs> pst oh. probably was a bad idea <laughs> a um and you know started picking things up from there um and i wanted to do bar or bryce but it wasn't it wasn't speaking to me much, and the millwood seed got planted again. It's right. been something that I'd looked at, but I'd always been like, "Ah, eh, millwood has too much bushwhacking," and it, like, it links. Yeah, no. <laughs> it links, you know, non-peaks, and I had always been, I think, too much of a summit snob <laughs> to okay. consider millwood. Like it was on right. my radar, but it wasn't there, and. Um, I think I was starting to realize how much I love the Wasatch as a whole and not just the peaks. Right. And Millwood kind of had the opportunity to get to know all of the Wasatch. Right. I mean, I can I can stand on top of a mountain and name every peak and sub-peak I can see. But if you ask me all the forks in between, I had no idea. Right. I had no idea what fork was what, what trailhead was what, what trails went through each fork and connected or didn't connect. I had no idea. And so um, it was kind of that opportunity, like, hey, if I really care about this mountain range, I should get to know it, all of it. Right. And and, uh, I kept, you know, as I started doing the Millwood scouting, having that, you know, Millwood's going to beat the summit snob out of me. (laughs) Because I discovered there's so many beautiful places in the Wasatch I had previously ignored um, that I got to discover. So, Um, So explain quickly, if you, if you can, what is the Millwood one? Because it's not a race for people no. out there. This is not a race. It's, it's, so why don't you explain it? What is the Millwood 100? What's the, the caveat? You mentioned it's not necessarily peaks, but what's the course like? So the best thing I can think of is if Hard Rock and Barkley had a little demon baby, it would be <laughs> called Millwood 100. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> because it's pretty much halfway between the two races, right? right. It's 100 miles, uh, 45K vert, so right in between the two verts. Um, some bushwhacking, some flat, miserable trails. <laughs> um, but the cool thing about Millwood, um, Jared Campbell line, is that it really highlights all of the Wasatch. Right. So, I mean, you summit a few 11ers, 
Right. But you also do like terrible hot exposed trails like pipeline. There was a wedding on pipeline while uh -huh. I was running past it. Right. Actually, my water jug was hidden behind the wedding oh, on pipeline and it was hidden by someone else and so I'm like ducking behind the tables and everyone's looking at this homeless looking girl like Grabbing looking a piece in of the cake. bushes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Grabbing an eclair. So <laughs> it has in that. A <laughs> it's got bushwhack ridges. It's got scrambling. It's got I mean I had to go through beaver ponds. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um there's you know the ancient trails of Kessler which are basically, you know, paths miners may have taken Amazing. you know like 200 years ago that no one ever goes on anymore oh. and are basically impossible to navigate unless you've uh, been there with someone who's been there right nice. so the ancient trails aka they don't exist so that when she says ancient she's doing the finger quotes too yes, so is. that just gives you a better <laughs> perspective yeah next time you're lost you just say you're on an ancient trail and everyone will think it's some cool run like sweet i got to go in on so now so with the millwood 100 you weren't the only person that set out for this though right no so i mean so jared campbell established the line okay. and went for it um but eric storheim actually got the first completion okay and then jared shortly after mm -hmm. um it took eric storheim 3852 um, and Jared Campbell, 34 and a half hours, I believe. Oh, my gosh. That's fast. Um, so, I mean, you're adding 10 hours onto Jared's hard rock time. Right. right? So it, that gives you a perspective wow. on what it is. Um, and he's the line creator, so he got lost the least amount of any of us. <laughs> <laughs> right? I hope so. Yeah. So, um, um, and then Matthew Van Horn did it a few years ago in 48 hours. Wow. Oh, my change. goodness. That's unreal. And what, so, what about you? I was at 43 and a half. Wow. I really impressive. want that sub 40 on it, but from very early on, it wasn't my day, but I was bound and determined to finish the darn thing. So, um, so well, I started out um, on a Friday morning, and three other guys were going to go for it. Um, Eric Storheim was looking to better his time by four or so hours, I think. Um, Ryan Talkstein, I think, was wanting to and has great opportunity to take hours off of Jared's time. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, he's a pretty quick kid, and I think he could on a running line like that. Wow. Um, and then Pete Stoughton was also going to go for it. Mm -hmm. And so I took off at like 9.20 in the morning or something, and they started at 5 p.m. that night. Um, the thought was that I would probably be pretty close to the finish by the time Ryan caught up and we could run it in together. Um, and that time-wise would have been about right. Um, but they, one by one, all quit. Right, dropped so off. But you kept going strong. You did. <laughs> yeah, I got asked a lot after, like, well, how does it feel to finish when all those boys quit? And I'm like sad <laughs> i mean every time i found out one of them had dropped i felt defeated myself like i had right. to shoulder their hope too on top of my own mm. and it was a very defeating burdensome feeling it wasn't like oh i'm gonna show the boys it was right. like i'm sorry for, for the loss and it was kind <laughs> right. of a burden for me um more than anything and and still you know it's sad that they have the disappointment of of mm. not getting to finish so do you so. think this is something more of a core group of people may try to do through the years or I mean people are talking about logistically, it. Logistically it looks like a nightmare. It does. 
It actually is way less of a nightmare than a lot of lights because it crosses the road quite a bit. Okay. Um, I think Jared's wife only met him like three times when he did it, and then he used his own stashes the rest right. of the time. So, wow. um, you gotta know the line. But I think you have to you have to lo- know the line. Um, I think. Like Ryan and um, Justin shortcut a ridge on accident um, over by Davenport Hill mm-hmm. because usually when you run the Silver Fork Days Fork Loop, you kind of just go up and over um, on the ridge. And from Millwood, you go up and over, and then you take the ridge for like five thousand years and round around, <laughs> and then you come That's back, a long time. and yeah. then you drop down, and it's awful, and um, it just went on forever. And so, I, yeah. So I think they, they accidentally shortcut that. Oh, um, so was it pretty but there's I hadn't scouted one or two spots, and of course I had lost an hour probably on both of those spots because you know on one of them I got to see a mountain lion that was right cool well, like hey. it ran at us. Oh, geez. ran at and you? Like, yeah, it ran down the hill. Did think you I had treats? What? <laughs> oh, she came yeah. from the wedding. Oh, yeah. well, it's yeah, exactly. Me. It's it's uh, Kenzie Barlow and I who are both small blondes. You yeah. know, mountain lions don't like to attack people that are larger than the average 12-year-old. Fortunately, Kenzie and I pretty much fit in that demographic. (laughs) So I think it was kind of curious about us. And it ran down the hillside and just stopped. And it's it's fairly close to us. It's a huge lion. It's watching us. And we had just scrambled like this fairly technical ridge and we got cliffed out and like it's just turning into a long night and it was kind of annoying trying to find the trail. And it's the second night for me, so I'm kind of oh. like, ooh, a cat, you yeah. know? <laughs> Is that <laughs> <I'm> really <psyched. laughs> there? <laughs> I'm psyched about it. Kenzie's holding, like, this huge boulder. <laughs> like, I don't think she could have thrown the thing more than a foot or two if she wanted to. And she's screaming at me, pick up a big rock! And she's screaming and screaming. And I'm looking at her, and I'm like, why does she have such a big rock? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Is she going to drop it on its toe? You know? And, and she's screaming at me. I'm like, I'm not going to pick up a rock. And, and I'm, I'm just, just going like, to push you in front of <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, you I'm got just the rock. Like, I'm looking at the cat, and I'm like, wow, you know, she should just be quiet. I kind of want to look at this thing. Like, give Don't me a scared minute. scared away. <laughs> well, I mean, give me a minute here. I'm having a moment. Uh, and so, you know, he stared at it. She screamed, and, and then eventually just ran off. Uh, but that was kind of cool. So <laughs> I was amazing. pretty psyched about it. <laughs> I haven't heard that story yet. Yeah, so I saw cool. a bobcat too. Oh, um, those that's, are way neat. I mean, that's cool, but then when you have the mountain lion running yeah, you, it kind of trumps that story. True. Yeah, I so. think I'd rather come across the bobcat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as far as changing your drawers goes. Yeah, yeah. you know, exactly. I think yeah. the size of the change would be the size of the cat, right? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't concerned at all because there's um, three of us and... And so it wasn't going to attack. So there was you, big. Kenzie, and The Rock. There were three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bryce Astle was out as well. Oh, okay. so. Where was he? Was he behind <laughs> you? <laughs> yeah, he had run the other way. <laughs> That's so I awesome. Know, I think he was somewhere around there. Yeah, so. <laughs> he was somewhere <laughs> hiding. It was my second night. I was. You didn't yeah. care. So are you going to attempt that again? At some point. Yeah. Um, I really think uh, a high 38... 39 hour finish is possible for me. Um, I'd really like to go try for that sub 39. Hmm. Um, and I mean, I lost lots of hours throwing up. And so going back on a better stomach day, right? Or going back um, when there's on not a cake. Fall, 
Yeah, like, no, no wedding. Not a wedding. <laughs> yeah. not a wedding. <laughs> Going back in the fall when it's a little bit cooler, yeah. it's a it's a risk because navigation is difficult, and so you're gonna have the longer night um, than you would in June. Right. Um, but now having the done knowledge. the line and scouted it a mm-hmm. lot prior, I would feel comfortable with right. longer nights. Because um, June was a little hotter then, right? But yeah, if you go it was any a really earlier, hot day. You might come into snow or, yeah. or weather. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of a window or pick your poison of what you want to deal with right. if, if it's bad. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to rewind a little bit because you mentioned your training for Barkley was on point and you brought up a, a, an acronym or a word RUFA. Yeah. Right? Not RUFI, but Not RUFA. RUFA. <laughs> yeah, RUFA. And so that is run up for air. Did I get mm-hmm. that right? Yep. And that also, a name we have said more than once on today's show, is Jared Campbell's baby. Yeah. Right? So that's part of your training for Barclays. But what is RUFA? Um, so it's kind of a race up and down Granger Peak, a local mountain, um, for 24 hours. So it's as many repeats as you can do to accumulate the vert and laps. Um. And that's another one of those, like, people dropping out and, and feeling disappointed <laughs> and a little defeated um, for their sakes when it happens because it ended just Jared and I up there. Well, so no, um, the, the, the climb itself, what is one lap to the, from the bottom to the top? depends on the year. Okay. So this year, because of permitting issues, we were running from Church Fork. Okay. Um, so it's about a 10K with 26 or 2,700 feet of vert. Okay. Round trip. For 24 hours. Yeah. And the, the interesting thing is the bottom portion was um, really consolidated icy snow. And then the middle portion was runoff. And so your feet get wet because it's practically a stream. And then the top portion was so icy you needed spikes to summit after like the first four or five um, when the winds picked up. So. And so what time of year is, do you get? This, this is in February. And so as you're doing the laps, um, the later laps, you had to take on and take off spikes twice. Um, well, I guess three times on every lap because you had to wear them at the bottom, take them off, run through the rock, put them back on for the top, run up and down to the summit, take them back off, run down, and then you had to put them back on at the bottom. So it's kind of a – the spikes took a long time. Right. <laughs> and you have the one aid station at Church Fork, um, and then you get up there. There's someone um, at the top taking your number and the time right. and they had a book so you got to rip out a page so it's pretend Barkley <laughs> and run back down <laughs> and um, it was fun I mean I had hoped for 12 laps um, Jared's done 13 um, this is max and so I really had hoped for 12 um, but the week leading up to Rufa since well, technically a race for me was a training race and a training effort. So I put in 10 or 11 K vert a few days before <laughs> and I did leg day and a tempo run. Oh. All were very painful. It was my only tempo run in like the last five months <laughs> and it was terrible. So I was really sore from that. So you came in super fresh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt about, you know, by 20 minutes in like I do- normally do at like mile 50 or 60 and I was like, it's going to be a really long, crappy day. Um, and it was. So <laughs> I... The fun, the really fun part about Rufa, so I ran um, West Granger over and over again uh, for training. Um, I followed Jared's advice, train at 30 to 50K vert per week of gain, and then take my recovery weeks at 20K. Um, and I did 
pretty much all of that on West Granger. So I was there every day, sometimes twice a day, running repeats. And Jeez. so um, there, <laughs> there were nights where, you know, Kalina, a good friend of mine, and I were supposed to, you know, like have a par- Harry Potter movie-a-thon. Mm-hmm. It was one night, and we were going to start it at like 7.30 at night. And um, I needed to get some training in. And so I text her, you know, about 6 o'clock, 6.30. And I'm like, hey, instead of watching Harry Potter, how about you run a triple West Granger with <laughs> me through the night? I mean, we'll finish at like 2.30 in the morning. It's going to be great fun. No problem. It was like a full-on blizzard. I had food poisoning. It was so great. So she uh, consents and runs a triple West Granger. And oh, it's my about goodness. We're, we're just starting up lap three, and she's like, you're the worst friend ever. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, next time, you know, you say we're going to have a Harry Potter movie night, and then next thing you know, you're on your third lap up West Cranger, and it's 1.30 in the morning, yeah, and you're starting, to, yeah, and it's dumping snow on us, so we can't see anything. Right. She's like, I'm starting to question our friendship here. <laughs> so I then renamed every bit of West Cranger. Um, with Harry Potter names. Oh. And so then throughout training as it continued, the the jokes were all like, you know, we had the Marauder's map of grandeur and every part, every like quarter mile had a name, a Harry Potter name and, and the trees and the animals and everything were all renamed. And so when we did Rufa, I tried to make it like the unofficial Harry Potter race. Uh-huh. So oh. we wore Harry Potter shirts. I had a <laughs> wand. I brought the Goblet of Fire to put candy in at the aid station. And then I tried to get Rock Horton to wear um, oh. Gryffindor robes. And how'd that go? Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. <laughs> you know, I'm a little like starstruck on Rock Horton. Yeah. And, uh, and so we get up there, and he's like, oh, yeah, I saw you at Bighorn or this race or that. And I'm like, yeah, you're really cool. Hey, can you wear some Gryffindor robes <laughs> while you work the aid station? Did, and he's no. like, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think know. he was kind of like, like you're really cool. And then, and then I opened my mouth, and he's like, you're really weird. <laughs> I think that pers- perspective just changed really quickly. You were cool before you <laughs> talked. That's right. I had like a Harry Potter hat and my Gryffindor socks. <laughs> Although, I, you match. know, it was on par. I did Barkley with the troll pin to my vest. And, um, so. A troll pin. Yeah, like I had a troll, a treasure troll pinned to my vest. Sure. If you look at the <laughs> photos of me, there's like a little neon tuft of hair on my shoulder. I wish you could all see Eric's that. face right yeah. now. He <laughs> is really working hard to figure this out. <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's the story behind that then, if you can tell us? Is there one? Oh. Or is it um, just something you found? You got at the Waffle House. You? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was a... It was one of a few good luck charms I carried. Um, the troll was on the outside of the vest. No so wonder you I didn't started. finish that, that second <laughs> loop. You had like 10 pounds of good luck charms. <laughs> Here's the two horseshoes they gave <laughs> yeah, me. That's right. <laughs> I had I four Harry Potter oh. wands. <laughs> I got the, the Harry Potter book series. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I did no one carrying a Buddha. <laughs> Oh, and don't forget about the watermelon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, the the troll was on the outside, so when I started hallucinating and talking <laughs> to things, I could talk to the troll, and he'd yeah, talk back. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know. Okay. It I'm was kind of agreeing with Rock right yeah. now. You're a little weird. <laughs> Rock <Horton> nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Joel, like, this is so cool. We're going to interview Jen and Eat, and now we're like, now oh, we're trying to figure out how to get out of this. How do we wrap this show up? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I think the Berkeley community thought we were a little weird. And <laughs> you are had from a Utah. Little, no, wait a minute. Wait a I minute. had a little more respect after, <laughs> for sure, well, than sure. I did being like this tiny, weird, blonde girl there. Yeah. They're all like, yeah, I don't know about you. Okay, so we're talking about the Barkley crew yeah. and well, Laz well, thinking she's weird. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot. That's another level, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to apply for next year. Yeah. They already sent you your invitation. Like, please come back. Yeah. And what sort of crazy is she bringing next year? That's right. right? And they're going to have Harry Potter books out in the woods instead of oh, just normal books. Oh, that would be right? awesome. That would be so cool. <laughs> could you do that though? Could you actually tear a page out of a Harry yeah, Potter I'm book? Sure, I could. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Okay, and you'd be okay with that. I think I'd be. Okay. I cry <laughs> every time. <laughs> a little teardrop yeah. on each page. That's right. <laughs> so what? Uh, wow. That's, yeah, that's so at the top. This has been a big year for you. Yeah. So Rufa ended with twenty-eight and a half thousand feet of vertical gain in twenty-two hours. Um, <laughs> that's a little bit. I didn't yeah. get that. 12th lap. How many? But, but 20k vert or 28.5k vert in 22 hours. I mean, if you apply that to hard rock, which is only um, what 5k vert more, right? Um, I was I did that amount in 22 hours, so right. to do 5k more vert would be a, a solid hard rock time, and I would go into hard rock tapered. And so that kind of gave me that like boost of confidence, like, right. okay, you could do something like hard rock. Oh, yeah. So then it sounds like that's something that's on your list. Oh, it's always been there, yeah. yeah. But more so now after having been there and paced. Confidence. And oh, that's right. Like so you went down there and all paced. Of the, almost all of the Barkley family, if you will, is at Hard Rock as well. Right. And so it was really fun to meet what did you What did you wear down there? What did you take with you? <laughs> I like was some silly putty? What do you, but <laughs> silly putty? I did bring a, a lace dress to run my first 14er in. A, oh, lace, a lace dress. That makes now, sense. So we need to circle that. Weren't you supposed to do Wasatch this year? I put in. I didn't. You I didn't, didn't get in. I thought you drew. I did too. I thought you had the dress picked out and everything. I did. And so I is had that the dress? Is that the dress you wore for Hard Rock? No, no. Different just dress. Okay. No, different she's, different she's race got dress. Different wedding dress for Wasatch. Each one, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you've done you've done Rufa. You've done Barkley. Um, Millwood, and you paced at Hard Rock. That is a solid yeah. year for anybody. And Do you have anything? Mill Week, though. And Mill Week, yes, man. So, we did a week of where we ran a portion of Millwood every day. Right. Um, and Matt Van Horn and I um, co-led or took turns leading um, group runs. Right. And it was really fun because a few dozen people got to run in places they've never run. That's and cool. And it was awesome. super fun. It was a lot right. of fun. We had donuts and trail names and just. It was the most fun, most exhausting, but most fun week ever. And I think, I think we should do like a Wa week, a Wasatch week, where we run a portion of the Wasatch course That'd every be day cool. for a week, yeah. and place it three weeks before Wasatch, so it can be the peak week. That'd yeah. be cool. Because we talked to, I mean, we had Canis uh, on, and he was talking about something similar to that, kind of yeah. like how Western does their their training camp, doing a, a Wasatch training camp. Because that would be logistically that that'd yeah. be pretty easy for the Wasatch course. As um, far as something like that goes, oh, you're yeah. coming up with all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, you are. I think in the first episode we had you on, you even had something really cool, and I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. The Wasatch Monopoly. Yeah, it's what it oh, was. Right. The Wasatch Monopoly. No. Uh -oh. No. What? Well, so I had this, I had this brilliant, brilliantly awful idea that I would do the three biggest lanes in the Wasatch in three months: July, August, September, and I would do Millwood, Whirl, and the Monopoly. Oh my goodness. And then I did Millwood. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. And then so stop like, there. And, there. and then we're at a pause. <laughs> yeah. And then I and then I did Millwood, and um, a week and a half after Millwood, I did um, twenty thousand feet of vert in sixty miles um, in a few days, and paced through the night at Hard Rock. Right. And then that just destroyed me to lose three nights of sleep mm. going through the night running in right. less than two weeks. I was destroyed, and I'm still not recovered yet. Um, but it also, as I was trying to recover from that, this awfulness, <laughs> I started thinking about what I've done from late February through Millwood. So in three and a half months, I did three events, which totaled 110,000 feet of vert <laughs> that I did. Um, would have been more if I did more on, on Barkley, but, and then, uh, like 105 hours. So... I did three really long slogs <laughs> and I'm kind of not really wanting to slog and or recover from a slog right. again for a little while. Um, so I'm kind of burnt out on slogging for a minute and you know, this could change in two weeks because sure. right now I'm still sleep deprived yeah. right. um, and napping every day. So maybe in a couple of weeks when I feel better, mm-hmm. my thoughts will change. But right now um, I really like sleep. Yeah. Sleep's cool. It's great. Sleep it's awesome. is pretty cool right now. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I still would like to go back for a fast whirl, okay. but the, I need a hard rock qualifier. And so I think I'm going to, do the I'm tough <laughs> in September. Wow, that's getting to be a <laughs> quite a showdown up there. It is. We've got a we've talked to quite a few people that are going up there. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Joel, I'll be there. Joel's heading up there. Oh nice. Yeah, yep. we have some friends um heading up there and it seems like we talk to people every once in a while. No, they're that like, Oh, well, I'm going up. to I'm tough too. I'm like, well oh. I'll see you there. See you there. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that's been a decision maybe in the last week or two <clears> that right. I haven't signed up yet, but I think that's where I want to go for my mm-hmm. qualifier. It works out since I'll probably be at both Wasatch and Bear, right? And um, most all of the other qualifiers so that weekend right. that aren't full. Yeah. So, but I need to get a qualifier in. Right on. Because yeah. Hard Rock is a pretty high priority, and so. Well, that's keep awesome. getting on that list. Melwood doesn't count. I no. mean, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then the. I la- mean, there's been four of us who've done it. Come on, guys. It's, it's huge. <laughs> it's big. It's a big thing. It's practically <laughs> everywhere, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't everyone slog for 40 hours in the Google middle of nowhere it. by themselves Google that no one knows about or cares about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the last one that we talked about is the Mountain Misfits. Is that still still going still kind of going strong? Our private group is, right. um, but we haven't had a Misfits night. Um, my schedule has been really chaotic this last half year. Summer and gets busy. Yeah, um, things just in general have picked up. Right. Life-wise, and okay. so uh, we haven't had a Misfits night in a while, but okay. we have had a lot of people sharing stuff, both okay. original works and not in our group. That's good. But we need to do a Misfits night soon. Because because Canis was mentioning when we talked to him that he'd probably do some like uh, poetry slam or maybe doing some rap. You know, I'd like to see that. Yeah. So I think <laughs> we'll, we'll have a show on that, or we'll just have you come on and. and Bust some raps or that would be you so know, cool. do a little poetry slam intro to the show or something. There we go. It's holy, we're gonna have her do that. <laughs> well, what else? I could do that. Anything else coming up besides rest and maybe I'm tough? Or are you just kind of winding I'm, down? I'm planning on I'm tough. Um, I I would really like to do a fast whirl. Um, I just don't know. I might have to do it after I'm tough. Um, 
Yeah, because that's because otherwise fast. I can't train. Yeah. I yeah. thought I thought I could do tushers and I'm tough. Um, and then I I went out to Hard Rock, <laughs> 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 and I paced all night. And then the next day we ran a couple mountains, and I tried to nap on the trail five times. <laughs> and I had that slap in reality, like I'm not recovered, and I could I could do both. But right. I would feel awful at both. Yeah. yeah. And I'd rather feel good at I'm tough. Sure. That's good. That's a good place to feel good yeah, or have a chance to feel good. So. All right. I don't got anything else. Yeah. I, I'm happy with Harry Potter. That was awesome. Yeah, that was. The trolls <laughs> and good <laughs> luck that, charms. That the and whole show. Everything. Oh, my good luck charms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a Buddha at Millwood. Uh, that Chelsea gave me. How big was carry. this Buddha? Yeah. You know, it was you're, maybe you're, three like your height. Tall, yeah. But it was actually really heavy. And so I debated <laughs> on it, you know? Three inches uh, tall and 10 pounds. Yeah, I, start, I started with a hydration vest and ended up with a backpack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I. I um, I took it with me, so it was good. We we appreciate you yeah, coming on. We do, and it's, it's super fun. cool to hear your stories because you do. You're always into so, doing something cool and different. Yeah, you know, and that's I think that's a lot what it is because there's so many so much so many things out there that people do continually. So to do some things that are a little different is super awesome. So yeah, cool. we love yeah. to hear these stories. I mean, as you can tell, we've had fun. Yeah, we hope you've had fun telling yeah. us about your trolls and your your you <laughs> know wands. yeah wands or or whatever <laughs> whatever <Wow. laughs> Joel's face or whatever. <laughs> No, 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 no one Just thinks that. <laughs> but in a really endearing way. Yeah, right. <laughs> so maybe we'll come up with a good luck charm, something really lightweight. Oh yeah, we gotta think of something for her to carry it on top. <laughs> something. Yeah. Jill's that could be, yeah, that could be a contest. It could be a total trail man's contest. It has to be meaningful. Something lightweight and meaningful. Lightweight, yeah. meaningful. Harry and Potter cool. related, maybe. Maybe. No, maybe. I, we, we did a Harry Potter race. We need something different. Something different. Yeah. I bet we could come up with something. I think you should. Okay, I got Let's some ideas. We'll come up All with right. something. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Yeah, good you. luck. Uh, and if if I'm um, tough goes in the books like it sounds like it is, good luck with that, and we'll uh, yeah. we'll be following you. All right, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners podcast. We'd like to thank Jenilyn Eaton for joining us today. We'd also like to thank Park City Running Company for letting us come in and take a seat and make ourselves at home. We'd also like to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners, or you can swing by our website at trailmanners.com. Stop by the store page for some cool gear, or hit us up on the contact page and let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or if you would like to be on the show. Until next time, this is Eric Manning with Joel Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.